Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hijas Que Hablan. Today, we have a very special guest. Yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Melissa. I, um, I am a college student. You know, I'm Mexican, Muslim, so I understand that today we're going to talk about a topic that I'm very passionate about. If you want to tell us a little bit about why we're here. Um, so we are here to talk about what is going on today with Israel and Palestine, especially, you know, I guess kind of touch bases on how it affects us as a Latina community. Yeah. And I feel that like, I don't know if this is true on your case, right? Because we all have different for you pages, but I feel right. that like a lot of the like Latina content creators that I feel like are very popular, have very big followings, are people that I personally haven't been seeing talk a lot about what's happening. Do you think that that's true on your end too? Or is it just something that I'm seeing on my end? No, I definitely think I'm also seeing it on my end. And also out of the few, you know, Hispanic, like any type of Hispanic creators that I have seen talked about, all of them are very pro-Israel and anti-Palestine. And I I think our community really struggles with this a lot. We're so biased when it comes to this topic. So I think it's really important that we get talking about it. Yeah, I actually, like, when you said that, that, like, a lot of, like, of the Hispanic Latino community have been very pro-Israel, at first I was like, that doesn't make sense. But then I feel that, like, I saw somewhere that, like, Telemundo, which for people that don't know, like, Telemundo is, like, one of the big broadcasting companies that distribute, like, Spanish media. And so people were sharing clips of, like, Telemundo being very pro-Israel and, of course, like, demonizing, like, the Palestinian people. Um, I don't know if if you saw that. I actually haven't seen Telemundo since I was little, so I'm not really sure. But I do see it being the case. I really... Well, Telemundo... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Telemundo is recorded in the U.S., yeah. Despite being for Hispanics, right? Yeah. I think that Telemundo and Univision are both U.S. Like Estrella. There's other ones that are like Mexico based. But I feel that like I bring it up because like where does it come from? Like why? I feel that like for me, I feel that like support to Palestine is just obvious. As right. like as a Mexicana, like as, you know, just like a person. But then like to me, like I don't understand how specifically like Mexicanos are pro-Israel. I don't know if you have some information as to sort of why this is or what could explain that happening. I've actually done a lot of research on this and I couldn't find anything specifically as to why this is happening. But my beliefs is, you know, we come from a very stubborn community, yeah. not just as Mexicanos, but as Hispanic and gen- as Hispanics in general. Yeah. And we come to the United States with this mindset of the American dream. To many of us, and I include myself in this statement, admitting that what Israel is doing is wrong would be like admitting that the American dream doesn't exist. That's a big one. 
That's a big one. I feel that like, like that's just like, that's like very powerful to say, right? I feel that like, of course, like we all know that like our community is deeply rooted in the idea that like the American dream is real, even though what we're living isn't mm-hmm. the American dream. Like very obviously that it doesn't exist. I feel like I, f- I also find a lot of truth with that, that pride in like, no, I'm going to hold on to this belief is a lot that has to do. Um, and I also think it's just like in general, like misinformation, because I feel that like when like the weekend that the bo- the bombing happened, um, I feel that a lot of people on my Instagram we're like automatically being like, oh, poor Israel, like we need to pray for Israel. But then people didn't even understand what was happening. So maybe if you can offer us like a background of like what happened, what is happening? Like, because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of like framing of things that are just like not correct. The beginning of this conflict in reality starts you know, since the first war, you know, we have to recognize the fact that since Palestine, since before Palestine was Palestine, there were Palestinians who were Christians, Jews, Muslims, you know, and when the war started happening, this idea of anti-Semitism was being spread throughout Europe. Hmm. So then we have a lot of Jews who are fleeing and finding um you know finding an open door in palestine so they are being very welcoming but then the idea of zionism begins and that's when the idea of stealing the land also comes about and you know while i'm telling you this i think it's very important to keep in mind that when they were trying to figure out where to fund this new state that was going to be a Zionist state. Mm -hmm. They considered multiple territories, not just Palestine. They thought of Argentina and other countries in, you know, South America. But um, they decided for Palestine. A lot of Jews started going as refugees to Palestine with open doors. And that was, you know, obviously that wasn't a problem because at some point we all needed refuge you know yeah but after 1948 when israel is finally recognized as a state they started making the life of the lives of the palestinians impossible Mm -hmm. christians and muslims only and you know up to today that has not stopped and as time and time goes on Israel has acquired more territory Mm. and more Palestinians have been pushed down into the Gaza Strip and West Bank. So it's like this, I didn't know that they were considering like places in Latin America. I feel that like that's part of the story that I feel like it's just like, wow, like just like thinking about that, I feel like is also so impactful the ways that it's just like, the ways that history is just connected, right? I feel that like a lot of people like to think that this is something that's happening like over there, right? Yeah. Especially like I feel like as people that live in the United States, it's very easy for 
I'm gonna include myself as to be that like this is an issue outside of my reality, but in reality, like, but in reality, like all of these histories are connected, and it's important to recognize like that that connectedness of it all. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. You know, you bring up a very fair point that many of us don't realize how connected we are to it because even though this problem today is only like israel against palestinians you know if we think of like the history of israel they have been involved in oppression all across south america you know um i don't know if you heard of the mayan genocide in so, guatemala what yeah okay and you know like about 85 percent of mayans in guatemala were assassinated and israel was actually a very big part of this oh, wow yeah and there's also um the ethnic cleansing of armenians mm. the when indians were like being violent against the kashmiris Israel provided the weapons. In the case of the Mayan genocide, was it also that they provided weapons to like to kill the Mayan people? They didn't provide weapons, but they provided training okay. in Israel. And a lot of the financial support that the government in Guatemala needed, the dictator at the time, I can't recall his name at the moment, but when the dictator needed the financial support, Israel gave it. Oh, wow. I feel that like that, that brings this idea of like interconnectivity even more, right? Because I feel that like when we think about like the genocide of the Mayan people in Guatemala, like for me, it's always the way that the United States was so involved in funding that, that, that massacre that killing of the Mayan people right I don't know what the correct word would be but then it's just like <clears throat> people wonder then why the United States is doing it again and it's just like well these states are going to keep like having each other's backs right if they were both right. involved of the killing of the of like the the native like the indigenous Guatemalan communities like it it doesn't seem so like far out or like like unbelievable that they're doing it again here. Right. And it only leaves you thinking how much longer it's gonna be until it's us. Yeah. Can you say more yeah. about that? Well, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the Otomi people. Yeah. I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Today, they are being evicted from their homes. Yeah. And we're talking about those who decided to leave their lands because they didn't have the resources, they ended up in the city. And now that they're in the city, all that they're asking for is dignified, affordable housing and they don't get to have it. And today, the energy companies are trying to build this pipeline to bring water into, I believe, Yucatan, mm -hmm. where they are making space for Canadians and US colonizers. 
And you know, we're taking, if this pipeline were to be built today, we would be taking the access of indigenous people to water, which is a basic human right. So how much longer is it gonna be until Israel or the United States or the next colonizer is settling in our land? And that's wild to think about. Like, I have been keeping up with um, what was happening with the Otomi people, like, in Mexico City. Like, the ways Mm -hmm. that, like, they were met with violence to basically move them from wherever they were within the city. And it's, like, wild. Like, I think that, like, it happened, like, on October 12th and, like, 10 people were wounded. And it was just, like, to me, it's also wild that, like... I saw a lot of people being like, oh, like, yay for, like, Lopez Obrador for, like, sending, like, the planes over there to, like, get Mexicanos out of the area, right? And so it's just, like, it's also this weird space of, like, how many people, like, champion for, like, Lopez Obrador because he's doing, like, these things, these amazing things, right? But then at the same time, I feel that, like, he has stayed very quiet about all of the violence that is happening to indigenous people in Mexico. Um, And that is also just like wild to think about and how like, if we think about like Mexican history, right? Like violence towards like indigenous people is not new, right? It has been happening, right? The ways that like indigenous students are always also targeted, right? When mm-hmm. we're thinking about like the 43 students that were disappeared, right? We still don't know where they are. We they haven't been they haven't come home, right? And so thinking about all of that as well, like it is I think it for me it's also just like scary to think about, right? Cuz before you said like when is it going to be us? I'm just like, what do you mean? What it it can't it can't be, yeah. right? But it's a reality that has been happening already. And when yeah. we when we see like all of the like work from homers who have been engaging in an act of colonization of Mexico City, you see more the way that these patterns continue or like are perpetuated. So that I was just like, oh, wow, I've never thought about it like that. But it's been like, it's right there, you know, like. It is. And you know what makes it even scarier? Not just because of Lopez Obrador being quiet, you know, with any president in Mexico. At the end of the day, the Mexican government is just a puppet to the United States. But then the United States is a puppet to Israel. Mm. If you think of cities like Cancun and, you know, cities like around Central America, Mm -hmm. even though Mexico recognized Palestine as a state, you go to cities like Cancun, Mexico City, and there's so many Jewish people there who claim pro-Israel, who claim Zionism. So we're not that far, you know, even as a Mexican who doesn't live in Mexico right now, I was already seeing that since I was a kid. What were the ways that you were seeing that as a kid? Well, I grew up in Zacatecas. Oh, we're na- we're neighbors. <laughs> I'm from <Yeah>. Durango. <laughs> so oh, not not <laughs> that. 
Yeah, girl, city of los alacranes. Yeah, listen, it'd be true. I've never seen an alacran, though. That, I'm like, yeah, never seen one, but sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, we're close. <laughs> yeah, we're close. But, you know, it's a town that today I can say that it hasn't been that colonized yet. We don't have as many, you know, U.S. Americans as there is in Mexico City. But still, there be instances in which I walked ac- across outside of my home, and it would be like, "Hey, Melissa, good morning. How are you?" Instead of, "Oye, Melissa, cómo estás?" You know, mm. we're already we're already transitioning, and you know, I'm talking about when I was in Mexico. You know, maybe seven, eight years back, oh, we were already transitioning from our native, not from our native language, but from our official language, which is Spanish, to English. Yeah. When we're thinking about Zionism, right, can you provide, like, I don't know if more information on, like, what Zionism is? I feel that, like, that's also the, the part of the mixed message, right? Like, what role does religion play if at all, or is religion just a mask to what is actually happening, right? I feel that, like, a lot of people want to throw, like, if you support Palestine, like, you're anti-Semitic or, like, this or, like, that, right? So thinking about, like, maybe, like, the role of religion here. And I'm not, like, an expert on religions. Barely know right. what, the, you know, like, I grew up Catholic, but that's about all. I don't practice it anymore. But I think that, like, religion on surface seems to be a lot of the issues. And I don't know how true that is. Yeah, um, so Zionism began as the idea of having an independent state. You know, such state would eventually become Israel. This state was to be a safe place for Jewish people and only Jewish people, which is why, which is how religion comes into play in this matter. Because, you know, if you're not a Jewish person, you don't have any right in Israel today. Tomorrow, you could become Jewish, and then you can go to Israel, and it's your birthright to belong in Israel. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there is Palestinian Jews. Those Palestinian Jews can live fine in Israel as long as they're not Muslim or Christian. Oh, wow. So it's almost like this idea of superiority. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people like to say that there is other sort of politics behind this. But if you think about it, a lot of mosques for the Muslims are being burned in, you know, in West Bank and what is Gaza today. And not only not only those mosques, but also churches. I think the oldest church ever was bombed probably like a week ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, so initially, you know, this is also a misconception that I hear a lot amongst our community. And it's the misconception of if you're Muslim, you're a terrorist. But now we are getting to see how it's not just Muslim people that are being attacked and battling this. It's also Christians. In 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 Gaza, that are experiencing. Correct. Okay, so when we there's th- been 
Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, there's been a lot of tourists who go to Israel who are not Jewish, and they also, you know, they can be walking on the streets and they're getting spat on by oh, wow. Jewish children. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's not just the Palestinian locals. It's also tourists. Like, as long as you're not Jewish, you don't really belong there. Oh, wow. So it's just, so there's a lot then with this, right? And so I think that another, so if we could speak more of sort of the ways that like, then why is it that folks are saying that to support Palestine is to be anti-Semitic? Well, I mean, I think this belief, I'm sure this belief comes from the fact that our Zionists are Jews, mm. but at the same time, we must recognize that not all Jews are Zionists. Right. So being against Zionism doesn't necessarily mean that you are anti-Semitic. It's not anti-Semitic. Oh yeah, anti-Semitic, right? Okay, I had a <laughs> brain fart for No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Being anti-Zionism doesn't really mean that you're anti-Semitic. Because, again, not all Jews are Zionists. It just means that you're recognizing between what is true and the narrative that is being portrayed onto us, the false narrative. Fair. Okay. So returning back, I know you told us a little bit about like where sort of the history of present day like so then Mm -hmm. what what has been happening in these last three weeks like we know Israel is involved we know Palestine is involved but I feel that like the narrative is dominated by this conversation of Hamas meaning all Palestinian people and therefore all Palestinians are terrorists because of the actions of Hamas. So if we can talk a little bit more about sort of what's been happening these last few weeks, because it also seems like there's a lot every day, new things are happening. We know that a lot of violence is happening, but sort of what is that, those different, those different groups, right? How are they involved in everything that's happening? Yeah. um, So before I start talking about like how they are involved, I like to mention that when Israel allowed Palestine to have a government, they made the Palestinian government give up their weapons. So the Palestinian government doesn't really have an army. And even if they did, they don't have the weapons to support that army. Oh, wow. So you're just making them defenseless, right? So anything that Israel does, like Palestine can't really do anything about it. So, okay. Um, so Israel actually created Hamas in some way or another to balance out the Palestinian government, which they allowed, right? Mm -hmm. Today, Hamas is the only form of defense that the Palestinians have. I wouldn't necessarily call them terrorists because if we go, like, if we go into the definition of terrorism, the definition of terrorism, like when you rule it, it is the act of, like, the use of violence against civilians for political aims, which is exactly what Israel is doing. Right. But on the other side, you know, Hamas is just trying to defend the right to a piece of land that was stolen from them. 
But um, Israel has, after the first attack, which was Saturday, like a Saturday three weeks ago. Yeah. They've been using extreme force. They've been bombing. What is the gas strip? They have cut their electricity, their water. They have, um, they have closed the border so that no one is allowed to help them. So already there, they, the Palestinians, our Palestinians are being collectively punished by being deprived of their basic human rights. I don't know if, I don't know if you knew about this, but Egypt tried to provide help to the Gaza Strip, and Israel threatened to bomb the border if that aid made it across. Oh wow! I did. I didn't know that. I feel the like. To me, it's wild how little like, uh, like countries are like, like I didn't. Well, backtrack. What am I trying to say? I'm like, what am I trying to say? I feel that like mm-hmm. to me, it's wild the lack of like national response or international response. Right when we think about like the UN and like other countries coming together, right? I feel that like growing up, going to school, having history class, it's always like, we don't want another Holocaust to happen. So it's just like, oh, all of these things were put into place so that this doesn't happen again. And not saying that it's like, not trying to say it's the same thing, right? But tying to the fact that like things were put into place to ensure that this type of violence that is currently happening doesn't happen again, but yet it's happening. So to me, it's also just like the ways that internationally, like the world is sort of failing Palestine, right? And the ways that it's just like, I didn't, and then second, I didn't realize how much influence, power, control Israel had. Like, and that is also scary. I didn't, because I didn't have that realization that, like, Israel is able to then be like, no, you are not going to be able to provide aid or not. We are also threatening to violence. Like, how did Israel gain so much power slash control today? Today, most of its power comes from the support of the United States. You know, the narrative that we have, you know, in Mexico, and I've heard this from my friends who are in Mexico, they have this belief that the Palestinians are bombing themselves. And Israel is only defending, it's, it's only defending themselves against Hamas. For starters, if you think of the West Bank, so the West, I don't know if you know the geography, but West Bank is over here, and then the Gaza Strip is down here. Hamas is here on the Gaza Strip, and the West Bank, Hamas is not there. But Palestinians are also dying there. And if we go back to this belief that Palestinians are bombing themselves, if they are bombing themselves, then why did the U.S. just provide, um, like, almost... I can't remember the exact number, but I think about $3 billion worth of weapons to Israel. So obviously that power and that, um, yeah, the power that they are having comes from the support of the United States, unnecessary support, because clearly they don't need it. 
Right. And I feel that like that is something that I feel that like I've heard that it's just like people are trying to spread the narrative that like Hamas and the Palestinian people are also they're the ones that are in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the things just don't make sense. So then I'm just like, so then why is the United States providing aid, like providing these weapons to Israel if it's a Hamas and Palestinian yeah. people like differently? So I also feel that like I don't understand, and this is just me. I'm like I don't understand how people can believe things that are just like straight up just don't make sense, and people continue to believe things that just like. But if you look at this other thing, like, it just doesn't make sense, right? So not that, yeah, that in itself is just, like, wild. Yeah, I think I was actually trying to, you know, last night I was putting all my brain cells together trying to figure out why people are believing, like, the narrative that's being put upon them. Because, you know, it's been disproven on national TV that the narrative is wrong. Right. And I really couldn't figure it out. You know, I guess like those people who are like Americans and don't come from any other country that have been here for generations, for them, I kind of understand because they were raised in this narrative, right? Mm. But for those of us who come from other countries, I'm not sure that I get it 100%. Because, I mean, I understand we come here with the idea of the American dream. We come here for, you know, better opportunities. But the moral of this narrative doesn't mean that it has to be ours. Hmm. Like, it doesn't mean that we have to lose our critical thinking skills completely so that we're so blinded by this idea of the American dream. And it's, you know, it's picture in a sense. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel that like what you said made me think about like, like for my parents, like my parents, like they grew up in Mexico, like my parents, like neither my parents went to high school. Right. But like, I think that both of them are very clear in like the struggle of like Mexican people, Mexican history. But I think that like, once they came here, it's also, I feel that, like, out of fear. Like, they see the United States as being, like, this protector, even though it doesn't act as a protector. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, the ways that Latinos in general in the United States are experiencing violence, right? But, like, the ways that they treat Mexicanos, like, the way that the United States is sort of funding the situation there or creating pressure, right? And when I've spoken to my mom briefly about what happened, it was just, there was also this sense of like, well, I don't know about U.S. politics, so I can't have an opinion. Or like, well, whatever they're telling me in the media is what I'll believe, right? And of course, like, when we're thinking about Univision, like Telemundo, like, they are within the United States and working within the U.S. as the state, right? So they're not Mm going to speak against it. So I think that that's, like, another part. And it leads to, like, another misconception that people have. And it's just, like, what are your thoughts about people saying, like, 
oh, I'm just like not a political person. So like, yeah, I I let it be. Like I I feel like I I don't people that say things like that. I think at this point, it's not even a matter of politics anymore. And, you know, even though we have critical thinking skills and we know that what Israel is doing is wrong, it's not even a matter of who's wrong and who's right. It's a matter of morality and it's a matter of speaking up for justice. If we look at the statistics, all the people that are dying in Palestine today are children. Out of 2 billion, out of 2 million people that are in the Gaza Strip, half of it they're all orphan children so it's not a matter of i mean obviously children have nothing to do with politics so at this point it's just a matter of you know speaking up for justice and i feel that like people are scared to though when i think about like people wanting to speak up i feel like people not that this is an excuse but i feel that like those same people that are like, oh, well, it's politics. I feel like they use that as a cop-out to one, not have to think critically, right? I feel that like a lot of the times people are just like, well, if you do the thinking for me, then I don't have to do that work of critical thinking or looking at what's right, right? But then I also feel like people are scared to confront the realities of what this means, not only like in an international scale, which is sort of what we did here, right? The ways that everything is interconnected. But if I'm able to say like, that is a over there issue and not an over here issue, then I'm able to ignore it and not care about it. But if we understand that all of these things are connected, then it also becomes an issue of like, we all have to band together and create solidarity amongst all of people who experience violence based on because of colonization, settler colonialism, right? All of these things. But people don't realize, you know, like that, what would the word be? But like the, how, like ignorance is bliss, right? Is that the saying? I don't yeah. Know. Do you think maybe it's not a matter of, matter of ignorance? Do you think maybe it's a matter of, you know, as immigrants, we come with this, fear of not being able to assimilate into the culture. So once we do, we don't want to affect it, especially because we live in a society in which it doesn't matter how much you do. At the end of the day, you're never going to be white. So it doesn't matter how much you assimilate. You try to fit in with these other gaps, one of them being the way that we think collectively as a society. Yeah. I think you're very right to say that it's just like people don't want to disrupt that, right? I feel that like I feel that when you come into this country, it's such a big it's such a big amount of it's such a big amount. It's a it's a lot of labor to assimilate here, right? But it's like I feel that people don't realize the truth on what you just said, right? That like, no matter how much we do as Mexicanos, as Latinos, right? As people from Latin America, as people from other countries who are experienced colonization, right? Who are part of like the oppressed group of people. Like we are never going to be white, right? Which at the end of the day, I feel like that goes over people's head because when people associate whiteness and white supremacy, they think of white people. 
And I think that like people don't realize that those things are separated. Of course, white people are the ones that benefit from systems of whiteness and white supremacy, right? But I feel like that's why we see things like Latinos for Trump, right? Or like Mexican border patrol agents or ICE agents, because people Mm -hmm. think that doing the correct thing or defending the country or standing by the United States is going to give them the card of acceptance. But that card of acceptance doesn't exist. Yeah. I think maybe if a lot of people realize that that acceptance is just never going to be there, then it wouldn't be so hard to break the dynamic and separate yourself from trying to assimilate into this culture and letting it affect into the way that you think and into your morals. But I also think maybe if some of the media were to just give a little bit of empathy towards the Palestinian community, because, you know, it's very easy to manipulate to manipulate people with their emotions, spe- especially us, como Mexicanos, you yeah. know? Emotions are everything. Yeah. So I think if the media just gave a little bit of empathy towards the Palestinian community, then it wouldn't be so hard to make them understand. Yeah. But r- yeah, right now, all the empathy is going towards the Israeli community. Yeah. And I think that, like, you saying that, like, emotions are everything, right? That's why I feel that, like, you know, like, we have seen media outlets backtrack on statements that they made of things that are not true, right? Of, like, how violent, Mm -hmm. like, the Palestinian people are. Or how, oh, look at all this violence, but then that actually wasn't happening. The story that's, like, popping in my head is that when people were, like... Hamas or like the Palestinian people. I don't know which one, right? Because people are using these things interchangeably. Um, And so they were just like, oh, decapitated babies, right? One of those big news outlets put that out. And it's just like, even if you backtrack it, right? You've already appealed to people's sense of fear. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to support the Palestinian people. They're decapitating babies. Like I can't, I'm not, I can't support them, right? So even if you've already backtracked, the impact is already there where people are just like, I am so scared that this could be a reality for me or for my children, right? So they're appealing to that fear, which at the end of the day, I feel like fear is one of the easiest things to like trigger and one of the hardest things to undo. Because even though like now, like, I don't know, like other people can be like, oh, that was wrong or we were incorrect or this was actually Israel, the the impact right of that has already been like it already happened so it's just like i feel that like here the media has played a lot on the ways that like our community stands to be like pro-israel and sort of like you said i feel that like also thinking about like at the end of the day it's not about it's not about like, oh, a political stance or whatever. It's the fact that like real people are dying because of the actions of media, states, whatever you you want to plug in here. And the fact that like, I think that like a new statistic came out that like fifth, like every 15 minutes, like a child is dying. And it's just like, how can people 
like 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 you said like why isn't empathy being extended because aside from being from Palestine living there like these are children like there's so many videos out there of children being pulled from rubble and being so mortified that they can't stop shaking like to me like I see that and I'm just like how do you not see like what's happening you know yeah I I really think it all comes from the lack of empathy. And I really like that you mentioned those babies and the fact that every 15 minutes, one child is dying. Because in the last three weeks, almost 6,000 people in Palestine have died. And nearly half of those people were children. I think just a little bit of empathy would really do it. You know, especially because como Mexicanos, we're so empathetic of the children. So, you know, just a little bit of empathy would do it for them. But, you know, it's it's a really delicate topic, especially amongst our community, because some of us don't really get it. Yeah. But, you know, no one really recognizes what is happening. And it's all, it's all about Hamas and terrorism. And it's all against, like, oh, like, those Muslims, look at what they're doing to our world. And they're not really seeing. It's It's been really hard, especially in our community, to distinguish between what is reality and between this fake narrative. A, a lot of it plays into the media. But, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the United States controls all the South American countries, and then Israel controls the United States. So eventually we can say that Israel controls all the countries. I feel that when we're thinking about moving forward, like what can people do, right? Like somebody that's our, the people that listen to us are Latinas, mostly from the United States. We have some international like listeners, but it's mostly like Latinas within the United States. Like what can we do moving forward, right? We know that what is happening requires our attention, right? At the very least, we need to pay attention. But like, what else should be or do we need to be doing at this moment in time? Okay. Well, for starters, number one thing, speaking up. Speaking up about the reality of what is going on and engaging with the true sources that we know are telling the truth about what is going on. Whether it's on social media, whether it's a news article, a news, um, uh, what's the word? You know, like a news online webpage, whatever. Uh-huh. If we know that they're speaking the truth, we should definitely engage with that. And then speak up about it. I'm a really big believer of all it takes is a seed. Mm. Once you have the seed, it's so easy to, you know, for it to grow and spurt into something bigger, you know? Yeah. So as long as we start talking, it shouldn't be that hard to, you know, spread the word around. The facts, at least. Yeah. There's also... You know, given that today almost half of the Palestinian population is children, there is donation sites. But if donations are not an option, then speaking up is the number one thing. 
And when I, I really want to emphasize speaking up because without the freedom of the Palestinians, then none of us are really free. And when I say none of us, I speak for all people of color, not just us as a Hispanic community. Can you speak more as to why that is? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I earlier I asked the question of how long it's going to be until it's us. If no one, let's say that, let's say that the Palestinians cease fire, right? Then Palestinians will just completely cease to exist. They're either, even if they do exist, they're most likely going to be prisoners like they are today. As long as they are prisoners, we don't really have a chance to be free because we're always going to be just that person of color in a white supremacist society. And just to add a little bit of that, right? Um, and I, I'm asking these questions not because I want to like push, be like, why is it connected? Yeah, yeah, of course. But I feel that like when it comes to critical thinking, right, there's also a component of literacy that comes to it, right? If we don't know how to read the realities of the world, which is what sort of we frame as literacy, right, within like critical consciousness raising like frameworks, right? then people never really understand how to do that on their own, right? And when I think about like sort of what I feel like a common theme that we've been talking about today is just how everything is more connected than people actually realize. And it's just like white supremacy is not something that is just currently affecting the Palestinian people. It's something that affects us every single day, right? And sort of like you said, if white supremacy wins here, right, wins in Palestine, then it means that white supremacy can continue to win everywhere else. And that is sort of what, you know, leads to what you're saying, right? That it's just like, none of us can be free until the Palestinian people are free, because then that shows that we, in fact, can be liberated from white supremacy yeah so so thank you for putting that out there um is there anything else that you want to share with us i just really like to emphasize the fact that we were already colonized once multiple south american countries have been colonized if we let the oppressor win we are gonna go through the same thing again in the society that we live in not just under the united states government but in you know, given the fact that the United States controls most countries, we live under a rule that is made for the white men. So the next group to be oppressed is those of color, also known as us. So it's really important to keep yourselves educated, speak up for the truth. So another question for you, maybe as like a end, like how are you practicing self-care with everything that's happening? How are you taking care of yourself? It's been really hard as a, you know, as a Muslim, I've been called a terrorist on the streets, you know, not even knowing by other Hispanics, not even knowing that I'm Hispanic. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm speaking up for what's right. I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been keep, keeping myself informed. Not that keeping myself in, informed helps with my mental health, but you know, at least I know that at the end of the day, it's all for a for a better right. So, you know, it's just like a little peace of mind that it gives me. Fair. There is a lot of um, mental health resources out there. If anyone needs them, I will. But that they're, they're like free, you know, for okay. people who need them. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that this is just like 
the start to a conversation, right? Because there is yeah. so much interconnected here. And of course, there's like so much happening. There's like new developments every day, you know? So thank you for sitting here. And well, thank you for having me. Yes, I appreciate it. And like I said, if there's anything that you need me to share, um, I will share. Um, and I'll put it like in the description of the video, but sort of for our followers, make sure that, like Melissa said, the least that you can do is know what's happening. Um, if you want to take it a step further, donations. And if you want to take it a step further, you can call your local representatives. There is a lot of Instagram folks that are telling you how you can download an app and it allows you to make five phone calls within a span of five minutes to your local representatives. I know that sometimes working within the system doesn't work, but we have to try everything and anything because our government needs, needs to wake up, right? It needs to realize that more needs to be done to support and to provide aid for the Palestinian people during this time. Yes, thank you for coming. 